Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer today. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along on this Sunday morning, November 21st. I was having uh, lunch with a friend the other day and he made the comment that just struck me. He said he'd never, he said, what was the exact words? He said, the amount of deception is unlike anything he'd ever seen in his life before. The amount of deception in our world today. And it's quite a statement, wasn't it? It's a pretty sound think of this fellow. And he commented about how it's affecting the church and even church leaders. We always like to pray for our church on Sundays. We're going to take a brief break from the series we've been going through just to comment about this subject and to make this a matter of prayer. We are in a spiritual battle. And of course, the battle we're in in our day is not being fought primarily with bullets. It's being fought with ideas. It's a truth battle. Of course, that's the way it's always been. From the Garden of Eden right on, when Satan challenged, has God said, and he challenged the word of God, the message of God, and in so challenging, uh, Adam, Eve, were to put in a place, who will I believe? Will I believe what God says or not? And this is the challenge, this is the battle, the ideological battle, right down to this very day. And people have realized this, you've heard me quote before, I believe it was Khrushchev who said, Khrushchev, Lenin, one of those Soviet leaders, forgive me, who said, ideas have always been more powerful than bullets, than guns. We didn't let them have guns. What made you think we would let them have ideas? And indeed, a free, a free place where people have ideas, where they think, this is where Christianity can thrive. Because ours is a, is a religion that satisfies not only the heart and the emotion, but it satisfies the mind. And great thinkers can arise when there's freedom. And when there is freedom, great thinkers think big thoughts, including and especially thoughts about God, the Almighty, our God. But we live in a time of unprecedented deception, at least for our lifetimes. And I just thought I'd look at a few verses on this subject. And then we would pray for our churches in particular. Because there's not a lot we can do about the media, folks. You can turn it off or you can find the, find the right media. But there's so much deception in our media. So much deception in our it coming from those who are supposed to be reporting the news to us. So many just factually inaccurate things that we're being told. So much deception coming from our political leaders. Perhaps that's to be expected. But who's holding them accountable? So much deception that is just coming in our, just all around us. And how we must pray that the church would be an institution that stands for what's true. We'll see how important this is here in just a moment. Verse 4 excuse me, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. It's a very interesting verse. People would fall away from the faith. They'd pay attention to deceitful spirits. Deceitful what is deceitful? Deceivers, they know they're, they're wrong. A deceitful spirit knows they will lie to you. They'll trick you. 
And folks, this starts by being humble enough to realize how easy it is for us human beings to be lied to and tricked. We don't want to be gullible. We want to be careful. We want to examine everything carefully. We want to be wise. And the what, how they would be susceptible, these people who fall away from the faith, their conscience would be seared as with a branding iron. It's very interesting. The conscience helps guide us into the truth. The conscience protects us from making errors. But here's, here's what happens. When you brand a, like a cow, you stick the branding iron in the fire, it gets real hot, you stick it on his hind end there, and you brand him, and it hurts, and the cow reacts. You know, it's, it's burning, and it's very painful. But once the pain goes away, the sensitivity, the feeling never comes back. The, the, the nerve endings there have been forever damaged, and that area where the branding is is now insensitive to pain. Likewise with us, when we sin, it, it hurts. When we sin, our conscience screams, it shouts, no, 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 don't do this. And it, it, it compels us, it yells to us. But when we don't listen to our conscience, it's like we're branding it, we're, we're burning it, we're rendering it insensitive. First time you, you committed sin, you, know, you, may, you probably feel bad about it. All kinds of people now who are addicted to sin, shall we say. Probably felt bad about it the first time. The second time, not as bad. Third time, not as bad. They keep doing it until finally their conscience no, their conscience is silenced. They no longer feel bad about what they're doing. They no longer that that what God gave them to to just just like when you touch a hot stove and you pull back in pain. Once those nerve endings are damaged, you put your hand right in that hot stove. You don't feel it anymore, and you're damaging your hand. You're burning your hand, but the sensitivity is gone. The nerve endings have been damaged and likewise people brand their conscience they damage their conscience they burn it out so now they can do things terribly harmful to themselves and they've lost any capacity to the the conscience is dead it won't tell them it's wrong and they just harm themselves and so we need to pray for people like that i know one person on here we're praying dealing with someone dealing with addictions we need to pray that their conscience is reawakened and after that, it sins so much that their conscience becomes alive again. Well, with this exception, how do we battle it? Chapter 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But in case I'm delayed, I write to you so, you may, so that you will know how one ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the, church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. This is the church. The church is to be the pillar and support of the truth. Now, that's not automatic. You can have a church that is not supporting the truth, is not standing for the truth. You can have, we've been going through this whole series of, of the church, the Catholic church, and ways in which they've departed from the truth. Just the fact that they exist does not mean that they are doing their job properly. The church is to conduct themselves properly. They are to be the pillar and support of the truth. Sadly, sometimes they're not, and we need to pray that our churches have the the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the courage, the faith, and the love to stand for what is good and true. One key thing to this, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, how do you know what is the basis of this truth? Paul writes, Timothy, until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture. 
to exhortation and teaching. This is what churches should be doing. They should be exhorting and teaching publicly the scripture. This is our basis. This is our foundation of our understanding and truth. And along this lines, in 2 Timothy, Paul's, the books of Timothy are Paul writing to this young pastor who's going to have this big leadership roles, and he's giving him instruction and helping him as he's passing on the responsibility that Paul had passing on to Timothy. And we get to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. To me, this is one of the most solemn charges in the New Testament. This is a solemn charge. In light of Jesus Christ, we'll come to judge the living and the dead. He's the one we will stand before. He's the one to whom we are accountable. He's the one whose kingdom, he's the king of kings and lord and lords. Here's the charge. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. This is the charge. This is the charge to you pastors. This is the charge we should pray for our pastors. It, this takes courage. This is a strong exhortation, and it's there for a reason, because this is not easy. In a time, some people don't want to hear the word. In a time of deceitful spirits, some people will oppose the word. They'll challenge the word. And for us to stand on the word without shame, without embarrassment, to stand there boldly, courageously, we need to pray for people to have this type of spiritual backbone. We need to pray for our leaders to have this type of spiritual backbone. And if they don't have it, or it doesn't seem they have it, you need to pray for them and encourage them, because most of them will want it. They'll want to be that way, but there's extreme pressure, spiritual pressure, demonic pressure upon them to, be, to not have that type courage. Verse 3, here's, here's why. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. That's it. We live in a day like this. We, we live in a time when the, the term is consumer churches, just like a restaurant. You go where you want to go. If you don't like what they serve, you don't go back. And likewise, in churches, people, if they don't like what's being served, they don't go back. And pastors are aware of this, and everybody wants to see their congregation growing. They want to see more people learning. They believe they have a message to share. Every church wants to see people in attendance, and people, new people coming. And they come, and if they don't like what you're serving them, if you're not tickling their ears, if you're reproving, rebuking, and exhorting them, a lot of people say, ah, this church is not for me. I'm turning aside from the truth. And we pray that churches would preach the truth unashamedly, boldly, courageously. Now, of course, yeah, teach well. Make it interesting. Don't be boring. Don't have them not come back because you're boring or dull or because you're, you're you don't seem like you have much conviction, or there, there's plenty of reasons people don't come back to church that are maybe legitimate reasons. But indeed, don't let it be that you compromise the truth because that's what we're warned about. Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. There's a time, and we're in that time when people will not want to hear the truth. They'll just want to hear what will make them feel good, what will tickle their ears, what will... What will be fun to hear, 
and they'll turn aside from the truth. And then the church, if that happens, and that's what the church is doing, then they're not fulfilling their mission of being the pillar and support of the truth. In this day of deception, when so many others institutions have turned away from the truth, turned aside to myths, turned to deception, filled with lies, some intentional, some coming from a, they, they themselves are deceived. Might the churches in America, the churches in our world, stand firm, strong, unashamed in the truths because we are the church, the pillar and support of the truth. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We worship you today. We thank you for your word. You said, give attention to it, teach it, preach it, read it. We pray, Father, that in our churches today, this day, right today, Lord, in our churches that we attend, the people here, the churches throughout our land, that the truth would be proclaimed courageously, the truth would be proclaimed accurately, the truth would be proclaimed with full conviction, the truth would not be coming from hypocritical lips, but the truth would be declared from people who are, from leaders who are living it and proving themselves to be men of God. We pray for our leaders today. We pray for our church leaders. Might they be people who preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. And we pray, Father, reward the churches that do that. Might, might people be flocking to those churches? I know, Lord, we live in a day when so many around us, they don't want to hear the truth. They just want to have their ears tickled. They want to just be told that everything's okay, that they're okay, that they're fine, that, uh, Lord, Lord, that, that uh, they, they just want to hear peace and safety. And I pray, Father, that the churches, the pastors that really teach us what's true, good, and right unashamedly and challenge us to live more godly lives and challenge us to, to be more holy, to challenge us to be more filled with faith, that challenge us to be more loving, that challenge us to be greater servants of God and of others, that these churches, Lord, would prosper. These churches, Lord, would people would, would flock to them. We pray for this, and we pray that those pastors who are faithful in that word reward them for their faithfulness, we ask. We bless you today. We give you thanks. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. We, confirm, we, we affirm that all of your ways are right about everything. And for this, we bless you. Today, we walk in your, your light. We walk in your truth and we rejoice in it. I pray today, Lord, for those who really, those of us who are reaching out to, caring for, and loving those who are trapped and caught in sin. So many are, Lord, in our day, so many addictive behaviors, so many sinful behaviors that have just captured people. We pray, oh God, in your mercy, and by your power, that you would grant freedom and liberty to these captives. We pray, Father, for supernatural intervention in the lives of people who, who have gotten entrapped in sin, that you would give a supernatural deliverance to them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we are in spiritual battle. We know that we fight demonic forces. This is not just about information or making a good argument. This is about faith in what is true. This is about bringing the word of God to bear on every life. This is about defeating the evil one and driving him away. And we pray for these victories in our lives, 
the lives of our loved ones, the lives in, our, in, the, in lives in our churches, we pray. We bless you today. Thank you. This is your day. You've made it. This is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice in it. We walk in your joy and your victory today. In Jesus' name we pray and bless you. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here. I hope you come back every single day as we get in the Word of God day by day by day. We believe that, the, that just like we eat every day and that feeds our body, we ought to feed our soul with the Word of God every day. Not just once a week, not just a little bit, but we ought to feed it day by day. And as we do, we grow and we become strong. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be a strong Christian. I want you to be a victorious Christian, an overcomer. I want you to be someone who, who not just good intentions, but good victories. Amen? So God bless you. You have, a, you have a wonderful day, a blessed day. Walk in the Lord. You've got something the world didn't give you. Don't let the world take it away from you. Walk in his victory. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Bye-bye.